What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middle cop! Hey, B! Unwritten rules, hey! <laughs> Unwritten rule, John. If uh, the NBA is much more entertaining than your DraftKings Sunday final, then you watch the NBA instead of the DraftKings final. I am uh, I'm the opposite of Dustin Johnson right now when it comes to playing DraftKings guy. I stink. The last couple of weeks stink. I don't Congra- know what to do. I mean, congrats to, to the the guy that won DraftKings. Was it Stevie? Uh, where'd his name Stevie go? Stevie Williams. No, it wasn't Stevie Williams. Stevie James won by. I think this is a DraftKings record for Ham. Um, he had almost six hundred points. Five ninety-two. Second place was five fifteen. Absolute blowout margin of victory for him. Um, well, it's definitely, definitely in one individual. I've never seen one guy, and it might be a DraftKings record. Dustin Johnson guy finished with 160 points. You know, typically, if you get a couple guys with in the hundreds, like 105, you're in pretty good shape, right? Yeah. Well, For example, DeChambeau got me and you 27. Yeah, right? and, and, and Finau. Would Finau get us before he missed the cut, too? Finau got us 28. Thanks, Tony. Um, I would have finished in second place if not for having my two most expensive, uh, two of my three most expensive players miss the cut, according to my analysis. DJ only owned by three players. That was not a dramatic finish. We'll have another game this week. We just finished watching. We actually postponed this podcast until Mavs Clippers ended. That was one of the best sporting events of uh, 2020, I think. Definitely post pandemic or post, uh, you know, restart. What would you go? Super Bowl one and then up for grabs number two? Well, just of 2020 in general, I mean, yeah. I, what else would be number two? Uh, one of the playoff games when the Chiefs came storming back. Was probably pretty I was cool. see. I was saying like post. Okay, post like, uh, post pandemic. P. You'd probably yeah. I'd say might be number one. Harding Park looked like it was going to come down the stretch, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, didn't quite live up to the hype. 
The first, um, uh, how about that? That the Friday when we had three extra inning baseball games. Remember that one? All I those don't. runners at second. <laughs> I, I, I know. You have to admit the runners at second has been pretty cool. Yeah, it's been fine. And, I, I, it's, yeah. I've told you this before. This is my, this is my opinion currently. I think it's bullshit, but I probably wouldn't change it. Like, I'm. To- In other words, my body is torn. You're, right. You're cool with just leaving it moving forward, right? Uh, I, cool. I mean, I would do it, even though I hate myself for it. If that makes sense. Yes. And you admitted you ain't staying up to watch these games, like most people, like myself included. We want to go to bed. But I, so no, just- but see, I'm, but I might. I don't stay up for mo- the finish of. Mo- what I usually do is I watch. I love a good starting pitcher. If it's bedtime, it's bedtime. If it turned out the game was good or anything that I need to see happened, I'll go back in the morning and watch the rest of it. Like 10 p.m. finishes, just not part of my daily. I, I, I go to sleep. I'm yeah, like Tiger. Well, I, Eat, lift, and yeah. get some rest. That's what he said well, he's going to do this those week. Those people, the paying customer, he, he wants to go to get home. and But he also, he paid the game. He wants to watch it live. Yeah. I love a not, 6 not, o'clock not, start time, John. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, now you can't do it in the playoffs, but I feels like it's here to stay. I, yeah, I, th- I think there's, I, yeah, I think it probably is. How about, uh, I got to tell you, I, I was a little behind on finding out why Paul George was called Pandemic P. I talked to our buddy AJ on the phone on uh, Friday. He's like, how about Pandemic yeah. P? I'm like, what? I understood Paul apologized, George, or not apologized, defended himself on social the other day. I couldn't figure out why. Pandemic P is one of the all-time social media shit-talking nicknames that I've ever heard. It's terrible because I like Paul, but holy hell, <laughs> Pandemic P is just painful, John. That is a painful, painful, hilarious nickname. But and I hate bad. it, but I love it. it- it's bad. As Charles Barkley said, might have been the funniest thing I've seen the last three or four days. You cannot call yourself Playoff P when you have Paul George's resume of just some absolute no-shows. Today, complete no-show was horrendous. As you and I, we had to wait to record just because the game was so good. Did he even get close on many of those jump shots? I mean, they were. he had a horrendous game. You know, I and look at jump shots very differently in the last few months since I had a conversation with a friend. And I said, man, I, it was like after one particular round of golf where I shanked it all over the place, John, and I, and I, and I said, it's, I, sh- I, had, I shanked the ball like six times. It's, it's like missing the backboard completely. I don't understand how it happens. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's not missing the backboard. You, you hit the side rim. Like, it wasn't going in, but the margins are very thin. And it's true. You could miss really badly on a jump shot and hit the rim, and that's what was happening to Paul in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of – he also made fun of Dame Lillard like – two weeks ago, and Dame's been on an absolute heater since, slash, called out his manhood, kind of. Basically, like, you're a pussy, you just run when times get hard. Don't ever talk to me again. Right? It's like, whoa. And I think when you read Dame's response, you're like, well, factually, he's not incorrect. Right? You keep demanding trades, you keep leaving. We're Fresno State guys. We, we fucking, you used to go to Paul George's college games. Like, we're rooting for Paul George here. But the, uh, the tide's turning on him, guy. I mean, he, he feels like the low-hanging fruit is just a lot of people to pick on for the next little while if he doesn't turn it around fast. And I don't know if he's going to. Now, they might end up just still winning the championship. I mean, Luka's, I don't know, is he a white Michael Jordan? I, I, sometimes, we'll get into this here in a second, I mean, he's he the best player I've ever seen. I, I, I had that thought cross my mind. If you just watch like a two-minute stretch of Luka. He's like, is this the best best player I've ever seen? It's just, it's just special, man. <laughs> I, I, I meant to tweet. I, I should have tweeted that, uh, you know, the 
what the Warriors need to do at number two in the draft is just look for a, a, a generational talent. I think that's my drafting philosophy. Find generational talent. Hope the team's in front of you. Either pass on them or trade them to you. Um, yeah. I mean, the guy's just – I mean, on an ankle that turned 90 degrees, basically, it looked like the other day when I saw it happen, right? Here's what we do know, though. On draft night, and we've learned this in football and basketball, you always nailed the pick because the team's fired up. Fans, I guess the fans can be hit or miss, depends. But it, you never know it's a disaster till, like for the Sacramento Kings right now with Luka, it's a disaster. <laughs> kind of like the disaster. I don't know about you, but it's, it's a smoky disaster outside. Yeah, this is the worst I've seen in Walnut Creek uh, since, the, since the fires really got humming over the last week. Yeah. As we're recording this on Sunday, there's supposed to be some more lightning in the forecast the next few nights, which creates some of the, which created some of these fires. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's smoky. 2020, a lot of fun. Mm. Well, that's why I, I think that's why you get a little appreciation out of. <laughs> I think people overstate sometimes. Like we need sports. Like uh, they can do some great sports. Can be great. I think it'd be overstated, but it also can be. Great. Now, I don't think anyone that evacuated their home is like, oh, but Luca hit that shot. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Um, but, yeah, I miss this stuff. Just being yeah, locked in. Like, let's just watch this. Let's just lock in on this for 10 minutes. That was fun. Or more. It was, it, it was fun. No, no question about it. The pandemic P thing is always – it's like somebody tweeted, uh, this is why athletes get off social media because it just, it just snowballs. And it's not – it probably feels a lot angrier when you're in the middle of it. I think what makes the pandemic P thing kind of funny from the outside, not funny to Paul, but from the outside, it's just, I think most people tweeting it and talking about it are good natured. Like they're not quote unquote haters, but it's just, you know, when you're just super famous, it just piles up fast. It's a lot of people saying a lot of mean things. It's it's a, like there are some nicknames, like if you call someone Rudy, for example, yeah, there's some endearment there, right? Try hard. He's an overachiever. Yeah. You can't respect you. You can keep knocking his it's ass respectful. down and it keeps getting up. Yeah, he just, he's Rudy. You know, now, when you think about it, you bet. I bet he's six foot seven. Like, no, you'll think he's kind of a shorter guy or whatever. Right. But not I call ta- him pandemic. I call you not talented, right? Yeah, I mean, pandemic P, I just don't know how you shake that guy. Like, to me, that's got some sticking power. Pandemic P, incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. Now, like you said to me while we were watching the game, if he just hits this shot, if he hits a game-winning shot, does the whole thing die? Yeah, because then they're up 3-1. Now, who knows? Like, it's 2-2. It's going to be hard for the Mavs to win the series, but still, what if somehow the Mavs pull it off and Paul and Kawhi are answering questions like Joel Embiid was on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you I know? think the hard part, too, is like, I don't even know. What does 2-2 mean in the sense that there's no home court? I know. I'm right? just so I, like, I don't know. Like, when people keep saying, like, Game seven, like I, you can have a, these. This could be a great series, and it could just be go six because there's not like what changes game to game in terms of fans, which are a huge reason playoff series. Like you talk about going seven, right? Because you got to fly across right. and go game to game. Right. It's hard to gauge that. Yeah. Like, I don't. But I, I, if you told me the Mavericks win the series, fuck, I I would not believe you. I'm just thankful to have. I really wanted them to win the game. I just want like. I want a big-time swing game five, right? I want a game six. I want a game seven. The Curry's all over the stands, by the way. Are they so – do you think the Curry's are all around one dining room table together with individual compute? Everyone's got their MacBook out? I bet they're all at different homes. Like, I bet the Curry – the parents are at but home. But, I mean, like, Steph and Aisha are both 
on the screen, and they're both there. Are they sitting side by side at the dining room table? Yes. I had a buddy, Aaron Warshawski, who did that. He's a Clipper season ticket holder. Said it was a shitty experience because you don't, the TV is delayed. So you have to get, to get their live reactions. They send you a link and you watch through your webcam. Like you just sit at a dining room table or your office, right? And you're watching it on your computer. He said it was not a great uh, experience as a viewer. Now it was cool to get on TV and right. some views and shit. But as a viewer, you have to watch it on your computer. You do not have a choice. Especially, I think what is cool though, if, you, if you're in that chair, it's like you go the whole game. You hope at least they'll show you on TV. If you end up plopped next to one of the curries, you're definitely getting on TV. Because they don't put all the curries right next to each other. They, like, sprinkle them. It's genius. Oh, they did? They weren't all sitting next to each other? No, I no. Because they show Steph, and then they pan, like, up a row and over five seats, and then they had Dell over there. If I, if I told you they want you to do it for a playoff game, would you say yes or would you say no? I'd probably do it. I don't know. I mean... I, I, I might do it, too. If you told me I'd be on the screen, like, I'd, you'd see me on TV... Then I would do yeah, it wearing I, some promo co- uh, promo code ham merch. I, I would too. And we, we we like every quarter you just mix in a new sponsor, right? That's right. Like, oh, East, and then DraftKings, and then Manscaped. We just go through the, the list. Exactly. Be genius. Speaking of which, we'll do it now. Ease.com. Promo code ham. Promo code ham at ease.com. Get you twenty bucks off an order of fifty dollars or more if you're a first time user. If you're not a first time user, that's cool too. We got something for you as well. Promo code ham and the number ten. And I've I got a lot of DMs. People have been using that. Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com. You go to the website, cannabis, everything you can think of, edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, you name it, they got it. Wherever you live in the state of California, you can search. It'll tell you what's available in your area. It's like the Uber Eats of uh of weed it delivers it to your house i've had it happen you just walk down the stairs or if you live in a house just walk outside and keep your slippers on you a bag boom yeah you don't even you can just walk out barefoot the dude hands you it's no different than like the guy delivering a sandwich right it, it's incredible ease.com promo code ham first time users twenty dollars off a purchase of over fifty dollars which is really easy to do there's a lot of goodies on the website ham 10 any purchase if you're a returning user get yourself a little 10 percent discount bought a couple things the other day it was like 60 bucks Save me, uh, save me 10%. Easy. Ham 10. Ham 10. Promo code ham 10. Ease.com. I was watching TV uh, the other day, as, I, as I've done every day for the last uh, five months for hours on end, and I saw an ad. I thought it was going to be like the NBA fan experience. It was an MLB app fan experience thing. It's like, download the app. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to put digital people. And then it was like, pick your team. And then it said, you can cheer for your team. And it shows on the app, you hit a button, and it gives you, like, hand clap emojis. I'm like, who in the world is going to do that? Why would anybody do this? That said, if you get an ease order, screenshot it, Instagram DM both of us, and we'll give you a little hand, uh, hand clap emoji. We appreciate your support. <laughs> <laughs> when you do the hand clap emoji ham on, clap, the like ML- on the MLB app, where does it show up? It's a phenomenal question. That was the question I had after I saw the ad. What, where does this go to? Gotcha. Outer space? Probably nowhere. A, sa- a satellite in outer space? I- I've become a big emoji response. Or, like, if you send me a DM, I just double-click it. Like, gives you the heart. Yeah. So you know that yeah. I acknowledged it. And I liked it. Yeah. That's all we need. Easy way to communicate. It's just, like, nodding at somebody. It really was yeah. pretty genius to add that element. Not even the basic emoji, just the tap-tap. Yeah. I like it. It's like the equivalent to me of the fist pound, but it's a digital fist pound. Yeah. 
Which I also like that emoji, the digital fit. The How about the thumbs up? Down. You know who loves the thumbs up emoji? Who's that? Someone we both text a lot. Who? Greg Papa. Just nothing but thumbs uh, up emojis. Yeah. <laughs> he does love a good thumbs up emoji. Uh, did the, uh, I, you know, this is that we don't spend, we haven't spent a lot of time uh, talking about the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, but they are just one of the great sports stories of the world. Did the process fail? I saw a lot of pe- people tweeting about the process today. You know Sam Hinkie's a teacher at Stanford? I think he lives in Palo Alto. I, right yes, now. I did know that, actually. If the pandemic wasn't going on, I would like to go just see one of his classes. He'd actually be a really good guest. I think we have a mutual friend and a, that knows him, but I, I think he's, he, if you're seeing, like, Hinky doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, I would love to talk to him on the podcast because I, I fundamentally disagree I have no problem tanking a season to land a guy. What they did, though, was, I mean, was a little extreme for my liking. And at the end of the day, if you are going to do it, to me, you have to do two things. You have to end up with Luka. And listen, I like Joel Embiid. He ain't Luka. Ben Simmons can't shoot. And both those guys are all-star level players, but it's just not good enough. And to me, you also need to, like, you don't necessarily need to win a championship, but if you told me like Houston had tanked for Harden and like Chris Paul slash Russell Westbrook has it worked out, I'd be like, yeah, right. They're in the Western Conference Finals all the time. They're making playoff runs. They haven't won a championship, but like it is like they aren't even that successful. Like they can't get out of the first round. They just got swept by the Boston Celtics. Now it wasn't Sam Hinkie's fault that they overpaid Tobias Harris. That they, 180 million dollars, you know, John. Yeah, and they let Jimmy buckets walk, and they paid Al Horford 100 million. It's it, it's one of the all time swing and miss mistakes. When guy they put all their chips in the middle of the table to tank, and clearly now it feels they're not even back to square one. They're in no man's land right now. I, I mean, they, they just had a gutless sweep, and I, I I do listen. I don't know. I think a lot of times in basketball, we make too big a deal over the coach. Good or bad, it's so hard to tell. It's such a player's league. Even if you see in like, is Doc Rivers a bad coach? Like every play down the stretch is like ISO ball. Like it's the NBA. This is not Kyle Shanahan dialing up plays for the most part. Do you agree with that statement in the NBA? Like the coach doesn't have as much impact. I think sometimes as people say, uh, I think I think to- coaches probably have a lot more impact. Maybe defensively, offensive styles. I mean, they're not calling plays play to play, but I do think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I- like, it, it, I guess my ultimate point is Brett Brown, who's go- I'm sure going to get fired. Uh, w- would Phil Jackson have got that much farther with these guys? Oh, I, I don't right. Know. I don't it, know. I mean, clearly they got just other just they've had consistent issues internally that are off the f- floor stuff. There's always just stuff pops up with them, right? Doesn't feel like it's ever easy. Maybe that's just part of being in Philly. I would say this. I would argue the process was a crazy success. But it end, the process ended. Like, it's it, the process has been over, right? If you're Sam Hinkie, you're like, yeah, I built a house. They came in. They changed a bunch of shit. Like, that's not my house anymore. That's not the house I built. Like, I built yeah. – they they knocked out a wall. They put the kitchen over here. They moved the bathroom from here to there. They had to move the – I had some water hookups in the back. They moved them to the front, right? Like, I think the process worked. I mean, they tanked and then came back in a back-to-back 50-win seasons. They had multiple all-stars. Remember they had the pick that turned into Jason Tatum, but they traded up for Markel Fultz? Yeah, I mean, I, see, I, like yeah. he'd be like, yeah, look, if I were still in charge, I wouldn't have given $100 million, 109 to Al Horford and 180 to Tobias and 
you know, you you guys ran me off, and then you gave the job to fucking anonymous tweeter guy, Colangelo. Colangelo. I mean, yeah. I and I I think here's the problem in the NBA often that I see is that, for example, Brett Brown and and definitely more Elton Brand is really really liked by the media. The, the NBA guys are smart. They, they really Elton had no experience, really, right? No experience, but just a beloved guy, and the media loves him. And to me, he's clearly horrendous. Like he's awful. If he if his name was Sam Hickey, yeah, I mean he would get destroyed. I did but see I, one guy in Philly wrote a scathing piece today, and just destroyed him. Destroyed the Elton whole Brand. organization. I, I did read. That's why I'm so up on all back, my Sixers uh, contracts. <laughs> that uh, that. The owner, the guy that owns Fanatics, yeah. Michael Rubin, yeah. loves Joel Embiid. And to me, I, I get a little uncomfortable with like, if you want to love Steph Curry, like he brings you chips. If you want to love Joe Montana or Patrick Mahomes, to me, when you love a Joel Embiid, and I think bad owners do this, like they love a player that's not actually bringing them anything. He brings them publicity, and it's 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 a lot of, tangible stuff that it, it, it should be cool, but it's the type of stuff winning people hate. Like Pat Riley would puke in his mouth the stuff that B does. I, I listened to Bill Simmons had Raja Bell on, and he had a good point. He he, he worked for a couple years for the, as a scout for the Cleveland Cavaliers after he was done playing. And D- David Griffin, when they, I think the first couple years uh, of Lebr- when LeBron came back. And he was saying, and clearly Raja Bell, right, is and I'm going to say this again, term of endearment, more like Rudy, right? Overachiever, defensive guy, just a motherfucker. Now, obviously, he's a, I mean, he had like a 15-year career. I mean, he was a good NBA player. You could tell the way he talks about players. He despises like slapdick mentalities. And he said when Joel Embiid showed up to the bubble in a hazmat suit, he's like, bro, that's clown activity. You're there to attempt to win, right? You got to take this shit seriously. And he is just, listen, I've enjoyed him, and I think he's really talented, and I'm a sucker child of the 90s for the NBA. Like, I like big guys. But to me, he is a, uh, he's the ultimate NBA tease right now. I would not fuck with that guy. I think at this, at where we currently are, he's officially become overrated, and he actually might be the problem. But back to bad owners, when you have a guy like Michael Rubin that clearly is actually pretty impressive, right? The Fanatics thing, billionaire. I mean, he's got an impressive resume. But he just loves the guy. It's you get situations like that. It's it's not healthy for an organization. This happens. You get bounced out of the playoffs. People start talking about should Joel Embiid get traded. The Warriors got the second pick. Uh, Ethan Strauss wrote a piece. Everyone's talked about it. Like you have two options basically: trade the pick, use the pick on whoever you think. I mean that's pretty obvious. The problem is no one really knows if this is going to be a draft worth trading in. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't mean it won't turn out to have been one, but it's not really the most valuable second pick we've seen in a long time now. You can't trade it to uh, Philly because they're sitting there dying for Markel Fultz or something. So, you know, I, did, did you see, have, have people begin, begun suggesting that the Warriors can open their, extend their window by trading, uh, by trading for Joel Embiid? Yeah, I think it's been out there a little bit that people have just been sniffing around. And to me, you only have two untradeable players, and that's obviously Steph and Clay. Everything else is on the table. Now, I don't know how much value currently Draymond would have. I'm not one of those naive Golden State Warrior diehard homers that just act like Draymond Green straight up for Giannis. Like, I'm not that big of an idiot. And I, Wiggins has no value, right? 
no value in the sense that yeah. you'd have to trade his him. His only value is that his, massive fin- his contract is massive. Yeah. But you'd say the Warriors do have two pretty premium assets, right? They have the number two overall pick. They also have a $17 million trade exception, and they have next year's Timberwolves pick, which could be like four or five, which in a draft that just reading the Mike Schmitches of the world yeah. feels like a Schmitz. much more hype draft. Mobley, right? Bagley, agree? hell yeah. Yeah. Some of these select uh, guys. So the next year's draft could be big. The Timberwolves are going to suck. Like those two picks By the way, are there's bigger. another Bagley, is why. There's yeah, not, not Marvin. <laughs> yeah, so here's my thing, guy. If I'm the Warriors and I could do some crazy package to get, I would not fuck with Joel Embiid. I, I, I've come to grips with, I think he's just a complete tease. You just, to me, his mindset for his talent is immense. Uh, but they, I, I'm just not messing with them, man. I, I, I can't do it, especially given that they would have to empty the war chest, right, of the picks. Well, and those I, two picks. I think you'd, At the end of the day, whatever you think about number two overall pick, if you do get it right, I didn't know this until I, someone tweeted it on the other night of the lottery. It was after we recorded our pod. I thought the NBA rookie makes like five, six million. The guy makes a four-year, forty million dollar contract. The number two overall pick. Like, that's that's not cheap, right? I mean, that's. 10 million play like that guy does have to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, 10 million the the NBA average is like 7 a little under 7. Now, I think this is a pretty tame comment, so we can come back and re-address it in a year. But I don't think I'm saying something crazy here. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm making some big statement. I'm really confident that we'll look back at this draft and say there was somebody who goes in the top 5 or 6 or 7 or 8 that was Turns out to be a really, really, really good a player worthy of the pick. Is he great with a capital G? We'll see. But that guy exists. The question is, can you find him? We've got guys who haven't played. We've got guys who we don't know their heights and weights. We've got there's a lot going on. It's going to be easy to miss. I'm just saying the guy is in this draft, so somebody's going to end up with that guy. Maybe there's multiple of those guys. I don't know. What? But that guy's here. He's in the draft. Well, if I told you right now that John Morant and Zion were in this draft, so the Warriors like. We're going to get one of the two of them. And it would be probably pretty clear. Like, you're going to get John Morant. Would they try to trade John Morant for, like, a Bradley Beal type, you think, immediately? Or would they draft that guy? To me, it was would like, be- Josh specific. Like, I don't. I think if if the number two guy, if Anthony Edwards was John Morant, if it was, like, that position. Yeah. Being a point guard, I don't, I don't, I think they would trade it. And just try, and they would be able to get someone sweet, yeah. right? Yeah. I, but, by the way, you, you, I would not, I... Because I don't think you can... By the way, I, I'm on Trade Machine as we're talking. Wiggins for Embiid straight up works. <laughs> that trade works. Same, same exact money, John. 27, 504, 630. Um, so they're on this the same exact contract, basically, right? Yeah. The, I, I th- if I'm Philly... Are, 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 you in a, are you in agreement with me? If, if somehow they could agree to some trade package with... Trade exceptions, maybe it's a three-team trade, all the sweet picks, you would no not chance. do the MB deal. No. I think if I'm Philly, I'd have to end up with Clay. Like, there's nothing else you give me that is even how many pl- How many players in the NBA, if you're the Warriors, would you trade Clay straight up for? Luka. <laughs> yeah. Giannis. It's a small Kawhi. list, correct? Yeah. Harden? Like it's, it's a very, very, yeah, it's a... Would you trade him straight up for Harden? I mean, I wouldn't. I just part, but but I want to just enjoy what I'm watching, and I won't love yeah, watching Clay with stuff. Exactly. Regardless, like it is a small list. Like you would not trade Clay Thompson straight up for Joel Embiid, correct? 
Because I would not. Not a chance in hell. Yeah, zero chance. So I, I just don't see where... I, I just wouldn't want him on my team, even if I could get him on my team for the other assets. Did you? I, not, he just proven guy, and I think sometimes in sports, you see these guys that become really fun and really loud, and then it's clear like they're really, really talented, which he is. That it's easy then to kind of the, the pendulum can swing fast. Like it goes, this guy is such a good player, good player, good player. To almost is he overrated? Because part of being a, you get a, in lot a of team attention. sport, it's it's a team game. And I think a big guy, historically, you need to like you don't need to force Clay Thompson in the game, right? Or just most wing players. They they can just even pandemic P. It's just part of the flow. Colin he's Paul missing shots. In this case. He's, <laughs> he's just that. there's just a flow of the game. You do need to force, and this is where Shaq used to get furious, right? Is like Throw me the fucking me the ball. ball. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't need to give Steph or Clay the ball because they just get the ball. I saw there was a stat. I think it was in the one of the articles I read. I don't know if it was Philly Voice or one of the Sixers writers wrote that only 10 teams in the NBA averaged 10 or more post-ups a game this year, which was down like 50% from a couple years ago. Um, plus, Clay defends the other team's best player, perimeter player. Wouldn't, right w- wouldn't that be the pushback? Because I, I keep seeing these stats, too just on my Twitter timeline, where at number two, if you're the Warriors and you go, they're going to take Anthony Edwards number one, and clearly the second best player on our board is James Wiseman, but it doesn't fit the way the league plays. It, it is a complicated situation for yeah. him, right? Oh, maybe like, it, was in the, the, it might have been in the Ethan article I read that because he was talking about... Like, if you think that James Wiseman is the best player, but the league is fundamentally getting away from it, doesn't it give you pause to draft the guy? Yeah, I guess then the question is, like, how much better do we think he is than the next guy? Because at the end of yeah, the day, are we good enough right now? If this guy is just really good, but it's just he's going to have to get everything as sloppy seconds, tap-ins, well, rebounds, kick-outs. If I tell you that the league's trending like it's plant trending, and he turns into, let's just say, I'm just going to throw this name out there, Chris Bosch. Is that more than good enough that you like, fuck yeah, you just take him, he'll be scared. Yeah, enough. I mean, Chris Bosch is happy to hang out around the three-point line, right? You would take do that in a heartbeat. What if I told you he's Hassan Whiteside? Yeah, no chance. Or DeAndre maybe, Jordan. Yeah, maybe right? that's mean to Hassan to uh, James Wiseman. But I, what, one, I don't know if you saw this, but after the game, after they got swept out of the playoffs, um, in the press con- post-game press conference, must have been on Zoom. One of the Philadelphia reporters was like, "Hey, what, what, what's the deal? Like, what's wrong with you guys?" Basically, he wasn't even that aggressive. He just like listed a bunch of things. Like, what's the deal? And and Beat was like, "That's a stupid question. Nothing's wrong with us. We just got beat." Like, hey, Joel, you just got swept. Now I know Ben Simmons was hurt, but you didn't just kind of get beat. You got like they played better. They beat us. Like that doesn't work. And I think they even went whatever the studio show was, whoever they came to. Is Jay, was Jay Will on TV today? Yeah, it was Jay Will was and like, Jalen Rose. That's a legitimate question, dude. Like, what are you talking about? You can't yeah, say to that me, to a legitimate question. What's wrong with you guys? You just got swept. This wasn't game seven. The ball didn't bounce your way. You guys are, like you said, you were going the wrong direction. So there's, no a, li- there's a little bit, and I think sometimes when you are, one statement I read, and it might have been from that article, I didn't read the article, but I think just people on my timeline were tweeting out just highlights and excerpts from it. The process treated those guys, but specifically him, like not just like he had arrived, like he was a superstar before he'd even done anything. And then he became really good. 
And he said, the irony with Joel Embiid is he's actually been kind of healthy, right? Like injuries have not really been his issue lately. Like he's he's playing in all these games. I, I would have thought Embiid four years ago, and then like it's a coin flip every game. He's gonna play. he plays. He's just one of the issues right now. He's always out of shape. He doesn't look like say what you want about Shaq. Even when he was mad not getting the ball when he wanted it, it was like I'm fucking wrecking shop. Right, grabbing rebounds, blocking people. Just you just felt Shaq even when he was pissed. I, I just watched sometimes Joel Embiid, who I about a year ago he was my favorite player in the NBA. They're like, what happened to this guy? And that's where I think in the NBA, and maybe it's just sports in general, but specifically basketball and football, the easy move, at least in football, like Jim Tom Sewell and Freddie Kitchens have like dramatic impact. Like I, Brett Brown, like I, I don't know if there's much he could have done. <laughs> like like I, there's, you, you don't, the impact of a coach with a star, like you don't get them to play harder. Did you see sometimes people tweeting out like clips of LeBron, like not get back on defense. Like you don't get to coach LeBron's effort, right? That's that ended a decade ago. You don't get to really coach Embiid's effort. Now you can trade him or you know get rid of him, but like his efforts, his effort, and that's part of the NBA. Like James Harden, Giannis. Like now the good and the bad. Like you love Giannis's effort, or you love Clay's efforts. You don't even need to worry about it. That's the that's why certain elite guys are just like Kawhi. He'll be fine. But some guys, like yeah, you don't Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Like, you, you don't get to fucking, you can yell at it. It doesn't work. It's one issue with basketball, right? It's why a lot of college guys like Jay Wright are like, you think, what? I don't want that fucking job, right? It sounds miserable. Yeah. Jay Wright loves three-year guys. You can yell at those guys. Well, yeah. I, Jay Wright would say, I actually get to coach. It's why I bet Billy Donovan would say, you know what? But Since I, Russell and Kevin left, you know, at least my team, like, reacts yeah when I, coach. I will say this though you know john calipari's team is always filled with guys that leave early and i do think it's always but he likes it yeah yeah i'm just saying like that's also coaching right trying to get that team from being a bunch of high school guys in november to being tournament ready can we go to the elite eight the final four in march that's well, is coaching. It, isn't it why like and, and he yells this. and he yells yeah, like phil jackson deserves way more credit than he probably uh, always gets, and he gets I've a always, lot now clearly one thing watching Michael was a big part of motivating other people too, but to manage how difficult it must have been to be Michael's teammate physically, I mean emotionally, right? For Phil to manage all those different things, it's crazy. It's what, what about just never the, the three year? I'd say I'd say ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, just managing that whole spectacle, so the last dance, yeah. And I and clearly managing Shaq and Kobe way harder than managing Michael, right? Like. <laughs> I, I'd say this yeah, because that, the work he, he did with Shaq and Kobe. And they he had to manage two. heads. Happy birthday, Russell. And then Kobe. Kobe was probably more challenging than any player he'd ever managed, right? Like they I mean, he called him Seems remember, like it. what do you didn't he talk a bunch of shit he was in the first book? <laughs> yeah. Said he hated him. Said he thought about quitting because he couldn't coach the guy. John, let's tell the people about Draft Kings. We're gonna have another big game this week. Second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. We still got two majors ahead of us, plus the FedEx Cup championship. I was eyeballing two middle cough. We didn't do it this week. Maybe Wednesday for just an NBA game. Get in. DraftKings. Use the promo code HAM. Uh, there is the, um, uh, the survivor pool, the football survivor pool, which I signed up for the other day. It's free. You get a shot at a million dollars when you use the code HAM and you sign up. You get a shot at a million dollars. You just pick one game a week? Survivor pick one pool? game a week. Yeah, sorry. That's unrelated to Ham. I just got fired up about the the NFL Survivor Pool. Well, guy, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a note. I'm, I'm going to enter that thing, too. That sounds incredible. 
Uh, did you know that come Thursday night, we will be two weeks away from the NFL? Woo! I and I had uh, I got an email from Quentin Jackson. Hey, man, been a big fan of you guys for years. Faithful listener. I would like to join your DraftKings contest for football season. Here you guys promote it all the time, but I never know where to find it. And like we always say, whether you're not on social media, which is where we post all the links, just go to our Instagram or go to our Twitter, seek it out, and we link the weekly games. And once you get in the game, you will be added to our league with football right around the corner. So download the app, promo code HAM if you don't have the app, and uh, minimum $5 deposit. But then we're always promoting the shit out of these games on our social platforms. We link them every week in our bios right on Instagram. Yep. You can just search at Guy Haberman or at John Middlecoff every week uh, for golf up until Thursday. We'll have to talk it out for football. Like, are we going to include the Thursday night game or just do Sundays? Probably Sundays gives people a little more time. I, to me, the Thursday night game, it makes you rush a little bit. In golf, it's a little easier. In football, to go all out for two teams, you know. But the other I'd say problem week with one, it does have Mahomes is, and Deshaun. The other trouble with a Thursday is like we could do, yeah, we could try, we could try one week one. I don't know. The problem is like we're gonna have a golf major. Wednesday night's gonna be very busy for me if I've got to make football <laughs> and golf lineups. Yeah, to, to me, I'm cool with excluding the Thursday. I am too. But and, let us know what you think. Here's yeah, what we'll, you do. We'll Either way, DraftKings, <laughs> the leader in one day fantasy sports, celebrating the return of sports with up to one hundred million dollars in prizes to all our customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. Download the app, sign up, use the code HAM, enter, after you do that, enter the DraftKings free football survivor pool. It's that easy. I've got a shot at a million bucks, John. It's incredible. Hopefully I'm eligible. I want to win too. All right. DraftKings, get your share. HAM, that's the promo code. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Only at DraftKings do you play with us daily fantasy. Do it. Uh, on most days, if we hadn't just finished watching a, a sweet um, NBA game, we, we would have started the podcast with this. A video, and we talked about it on the podcast the other day, Niners injuries after Jalen Hurd got hurt. It was a week ago, less than a week ago as we record this. And I, I said at the time, D Ford, Quan Alexander, they're just, there are guys on this team with some injury histories. Now, we don't know quite to the extent. We're not going to hear from Kyle. Maybe something gets reported. Shanahan won't talk until Tuesday after practice, so we might have to wait until then. But here's what we know, John. Sunday, D. Ford and Brandon Ayuk, something happened, and they both came off the field and did not return to practice. I think Mayoko wrote, what did he write? Ayuk was an ankle and a calf, or Ford was a hamstring? Just guessing. People are just guessing based on where guys I, grabbed I, their bodies. Ayuk, Ayuk grabbed the back of his back of his leg on a deep route, so I think it's fair to say hamstring. I think the D Ford calf, whatever, something calf lo- ankle, something, something below the knee. Yeah, they don't practice Monday, so if you're listening this Monday, I don't think we'll. The NFL has been pretty secretive just in general. You notice there's not. Like they're doing a pretty good job. The only time when I find out who's playing who who is when around the league is when players are asked. They'll be like, "Who's taking reps?" and they're like, "Oh, Cam ran with the ones." The coaches don't say shit, which we understood was coming. This situation, like we just know Ayuk. Like I don't even need to hear. Like Ayuk's re- no, he's a starter, right? <laughs> D Ford, if he's healthy, is a starter. These are massive blows in the sense of massive blow to. I think we just remember. I asked you before the podcast, if I gave you the over-under for D4 games this year, I'm not even talking about finishing the game. I'm just saying he's dresses 
and he starts the game. You said, I think, eight and a half? I said eight and a half as you simultaneously said eight. So we are on the same page, half the year. If I told you right now, if I could tell Kyle Shanahan, you will get 10 full games out of D4, but that's it. So 10 out of 16. We both agree he would gladly sign up for that, correct? Well, I don't know about gladly, but he would take it, yes. Well, not gladly, yeah. I mean, he they regret the move, but just the situation they're like, in right now, arm, knowing what yes, they know, I would take it. they would take the 10. I think the Ayuk thing, a little freaky. I guess, you know, he, it's not like he left practice or anything, just didn't. It, let's just say he pulls his hamstring. I think it shows, though, the... And we, this is what we've been talking about. Like they, they're pretty dependent on him. Yep. Like to me, they can get by without D Ford. They proved that last year. Little less. We'll get into Kinlaw here in a second. But I mean, they're they're a hamstring away if he has to miss a couple games and not having Debo or Brandon Ayuk. Which let's just say week one against the Cardinals. Let's just say worst case scenario, they don't have Brandon Ayuk. And I know Lynch told Kawakami they're not ruling out Debo playing week one. You know I, what's the rush? Now, the rush might be they don't have anyone else. So if he is 85%, I just, I, I would have a hard time doing that, that guy. That'd be two given and a half it, months, basically, from the injury, from the Jones fracture. I think in a perfect world, they'd tell you, God, we'd love to just win a couple games without him and just have him come back when he's 100%. Well, but this, that's here's the, the other one the sneaky NFL that no one, I shouldn't say no one's talking about it, but Richie James is, not, is out for the first six weeks now. He's not going to be back in time. Could they win a game with Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, and uh, Kendrick Bourne as well, your starting receivers? Papa loves Trent Taylor from the video I watched on Niners.com the other day that you sent me. <laughs> Do you think it looks weird when Papa's wearing a bunch of Niners stuff still? Like it doesn't. Yes. It just. It, it just. I thought looks you were going to say weird. when he's sitting in a chair in shorts and it's halfway up his thigh. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the, the, the swag. Yeah. It's like oh, it's, it's just, odd. It's it's it very look, Brady in Tampa. Because like you see Richard Sherman. Like, to me, now when I see him in the Niners, he, like, looks kind of normal. Or just whatever player. Like, it does. After a little I know, while, that's right. I'd say Greg is like, it's, God, this looks weird. I'll tell you, the uh, NBA guy like that for me is Chris Paul. I'm like, I watch him, like, he's on another team? <laughs> the one thing with the NBA, though, don't you get, like, a little numb of the movement? No, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. But you're right. I, 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 the, the Niners injuries, I, I just, I, I've never seen anything like it. Now, part of it, you didn't mention this guy, hmm. and I'm not trying to jinx anything. But we can't forget, and I, this first year he was healthy and unreal. Nick Bosa tore his ACL in high school and had a you know hernia surgery in college. Like you just to just chalk him up for the next. We did seven mention years, him in the last video, right? Because he got hurt twice in camp last year. Tweet, but, I, but but wouldn't you say right now when people talk about Nick Bosa, they just assume oh he's going to be dominant player, and, and I think if he's on the field, he's going to dominate, but. Every time he goes down, and Kittle's a guy who's battled some injuries, right? And given the physical nature of the way he plays, it's just not. It's Weston just Richburg Niners, did man. get hurt the other day. This a lot of guys are just getting hurt now. DJ I see Jones the Ravens. The Ravens are having uh, a bunch of soft tissue injuries. Yeah, it's, like this Lamar, is just part I think, of what tweaked it. Marcus Peters could have warned the NFL. About this, yes, but this is a team with a high ceiling and. Not a ton of, we don't think a lot of receiver depth. Certainly right now they don't have it, right? So To me, this is always the hardest part. I saw Mike Tomlin was talking. They're just having like full-on scrimmages, guys getting fucking tackled to the ground. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it because I, you can say Mike's doing it wrong, right, but what if I told you that I always get the Watts messed up? TJ? TJ Watt? Like what if he went down? Or Minka Fitzpatrick went down and it, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night, right, if you were Mike Tomlin. But 
what if you don't do any tackling and you're healthy and then you get to the first game and you can't tackle a soul? You're like, well, we didn't do shit. I, I hold so it, this year. I don't hold it against any coaching staff or I, mean, I guess if somebody does something negligent, but I, I just I think this shit's going to happen to everybody. You just I, hope I that it happens you, at a position where you have some depth. I'd lean you'd almost have to do a couple practices with some tackling to the ground, right? Just because you can't just start week one, no tackling to the ground. Because the one thing college does, don't most college teams, I mean, you call week one games, do they usually say that they've had live scrimmages with tackling to the ground, like the Pac-12 teams, or no? Yeah, I remember last year I called Colorado Air Force week one, and, you know, Air Force, all their offensive linemen cut block, and Colorado yeah. had spent, like, time in camp cut blocking which is a really dangerous thing to do to your defensive lineman right diving yeah. at their knees but they were like if we don't do it we're just not going to be ready we just have to do it so yeah and they air have force, they, air force win that game air force won in overtime yeah yeah i remember watching that of your game you had a good call thanks i remember those days calling football games <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I should make a board for a game this year i bet you won't I actually, I have it. Well, never mind. Um, you want to call a mock game? Uh, I have a Niners online? board. We we could do a Niners game. Yeah, we could do. I'll a lot be of your things. Tim Ryan. Okay. Whoa! What a hit! Whoa! <laughs> so, yeah, I I just it's something to watch. It's let's it's make sure already... they're let's make sure they're healthy and good before we commit to that, John. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I would agree there. I just know this. We got two weeks before the thing starts. You can't have. There have been enough injuries now with them that are we in the are we in a danger zone with them right now, or are we? Would another injury put it over the top? I I, I just think the week one opponent that Kyler Murray they get a couple injuries on defense. I'm just saying right now score. the way the, the, the injuries the 49ers have right now is this trouble I, I would say, or is I, it just I would say I, I would say no given that you still got. You basically have three full weeks from today till week one. Like, guy, this if, if three weeks from today, the game would have probably just ended, right? One fifteen kickoff is four thirty. That as we're recording this segment, I mean, it's just kind of right in the sweet spot. Yeah. Of well, when... Niners Raiders was supposed to be Friday night. This past Friday night. God, that sucks. That pisses me. Off. Niners Raiders were gonna play. I think Bears Niners is coming up preseason this week. Thursday night game? No, I think it was a Saturday game in Chicago. This. Oh yeah, because this they would have, have been week, week three. They canceled week one and week four of the preseason initially, so I think that oh, right I, I didn't they you. keep the second and the third games? Um, yeah, you're but right. anyway, you're right. Did you were you like me? Did you think you were seeing things when you saw pictures of fans in the stands at a Chiefs practice inside Arrowhead Stadium the other day? Listen, I, I like rap sheet. Back when we had a radio show, he came on. I bullshitted with him at the combine. He had a quote. They, they, the Chiefs tweeted out a picture of, like, three fans all together wearing masks, and he was like, it's a beautiful thing. I was like, listen, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not – I'm the farthest thing you'll get from a Corona, bro, but it's not a beauty. it was a weird-looking thing with dudes in masks. And it's one thing to see some of these old pics from the 20s in the Spanish flu or whatever that was when they were all at a baseball game watching Babe with masks. Mm-hmm. I don't think it looks normal and weird, and I would avoid it. Like, I, I get some of these. Listen, I understand. I, I'm as pro business as anyone you'll ever meet. I get no one wants to lose money if they don't have to. And any money they can potentially still keep, they want to do it. I, I just can't. Like, I, I do respect Mark Davis for just saying, we ain't doing it. 
Now, whether he is forced or whatever, but it's just like, I ain't not even We ain't doing what? Be clear. Zero fans. The Vegas Raiders are having zero fans. Yeah. They announced that like a, within After the last three After he said, weeks. you know, a while back. Yeah. After he said, I won't show up if fans aren't around, and then I think he made an official statement. Because I think it's fair to say that if other stadiums are having fans, Vegas would allow fans, right? A percentage of them. He just said no. I think it's the right move. And I, one thing you've taught me, and I, I believe this more every day, the biggest bullshit thing about just a lot of th- optics and PR, none of that means much. It actually means very little. Depends on the transgression. Yeah, I'm talking like non, like breaking the law, okay. and I, you know, like like if the Redskins didn't cut Darius Geis after he choked. I, I'm well, I'll give you an like example. Just- I'll give you an example. Right, a lot of people the last few months said it is a bad look to only have college football players on campus. Now, I don't know if everyone, if these other three major conference football leagues are going to play, but, you know, I've, I've heard this phrase the last few days, they're reverse engineering bubbles. I've said from the beginning, the best thing you could do is only have the football players on campus, but no one will do that because it's such a weird look to only have the football players on campus, right? But that's an example. Yes. Of, but now I'm, I'm wondering, like, are they going to accept that look because it's like this, we don't have an alternative. Anyway, sorry, continue. So at the end of the day, like Mark, a lot of these teams are just not going to have fans, but clearly some of them are. And, and did you were you telling me the other day that like Florida State's going to allow tailgates? Yes. So clearly they're they're not just not they're going to have fans in the stands. They're going to have tailgating as well. And I think you're seeing percentage of people in the SEC. It was announced a couple days ago that week uh, the g- game one right Chiefs Texans which. A lot of people are going to watch, I, I venture to say, right? That game's going to get a pretty massive rating. Uh, there's going to be a percentage. There's like 22% they're going to allow capacity at Kansas City. And clearly, they just allowed people at an open practice uh, and to watch Mahomes, which I would imagine if it was a normal year open practice, how many people would have showed up at that Kansas City practice, right? After they just won the Super Bowl. 50,000 people? I mean, maybe I'm over the top. I don't know. But it feels like a lot of people would have been there. I, I just think that the league, man, needs to just put an X nail on this and just not like the draft. It's just easy. Now, yeah. I, 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 I'm not media guy. Like, I get there's money, and I'm always pro money, and maybe there are reasons why certain teams are doing stuff. I'm venturing to guess they don't, like, what they're really going to make, especially if there are no sweets. Like, is it worth it? And just see guys and then people taking off their masks. I saw Florio who... Just, I mean, won't let certain things go. Claims that guys, you know, had taken off their masks once they sat down. But I'd push back. Like, Fauci took off his mask when he threw out the first pitch. I don't know. But all, all I do know is that I, I would avoid it. I just would avoid it. Because they financially, because, unlike hold college on, though, football, they could easily survive. No doubt. And it's like, you know, I'm sure they would say, hey, the 22,000 people that paid to come in here, we still can feed them. We can still sell them jerseys? Or you can't? I don't know. Um uh, you know, that's like you said, that's still money. A, that we make. B, that we don't have to refund. But to be clear, you would make a league wide mandate of no fans because, from a health perspective, just because it's there's no, no, no point in taking no, the risk because you don't want well, uneven home field advantages. What? Yeah, to me, it'd be, it'd be that. Because the health perspective, like you walk around downtown Walnut Creek, people are everywhere sitting down much more close proximity than they would be. If you had 22% capacity, they'd all be spread around. It'd be no different than, like, you go outside in downtown Kansas City, right? 
To me, I don't worry the health stuff. Now, there are liabilities. Who knows? Could they With get workers, it there? Could they sue? That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, workers potentially in close proximity. But my thing is more just, it's clearly like California. There are going to be no fans at in these stadiums, right? The, the, they've already announced. I think Tennessee, the Titans announced at minimum September, no fans. To me, just make it mandatory and just avoid. Because if I'm a team and I can't, if I was the Niners, I'd be like, why can the Chiefs have fans and I can't? Like, that's it's back to the draft thing. Remember when that story first broke, and it was it was a cool headline. The New Orleans Saints are going to take their draft room to the local brewery. Everyone's like, ah, oh, they're just going to get wasted doing picks. It was going to be fun. And the, I give the league a lot of credit. They just said no. Everyone and everyone had to work from home, and it was just universal competition, no advantages, right? Universal no advantages for you know everyone's on the same playing field. Yeah. I think this is an easy one too. Like, how could if if I was Jed? Or I was cronky, or I was, uh, I guess Paul Allen died, but whoever's, you know, if I was the president of Seattle, I'd be, I'd be making a big stink every his, day. Is it his sister? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if I was, uh, yeah, whatever. Like if you were Joe charge, Ellis yeah. of the Denver Broncos, like, if I was, you know, Al Guido, like, I, I would be, and listen, I get it's tough because you're like, they're your partners and, you, you know, they're all in it together. And, and you, we always talk about it's always the same pot of money. But this one is more like I, I could understand if I'm a coach. Wait, they get that fans and we don't. Like a huge part of football is traveling and home field. I, I just I wonder I'm, how I, much home field, a, if any, twenty thousand people would. It's less than twenty, right? Twenty percent's not twenty because these aren't hundred thousand seat stadiums. Yeah, they're like sixty. So right? I don't know how. I wonder how much of an advantage. It, it but would it, give do, you. it doesn't feel like the league's going to do that, and I just I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I I one thing I've taken away in every Corona situation is let's just let's wait until the deadline and see what happens. Let's wait until the deadline and see if there's going to be twenty two percent capacity at Arrowhead or not. Um, What's the deadline though? The game? Yeah, like the week before the game. I I don't know. Let's just make sure nothing happens. Let's just let's just get there and then see if we follow through with it. Um, to me, it does seem like how many more people do you need working in the stadium in order to run that operation? Why open yourself up to this? For me, it's a little less of a competition. I don't know how much you really gain from it anyway as a home field. Part of me is like, you know, I've kind of felt from the beginning when it came to like college football or baseball is a good example. If you can play, you play. Like at some point, we can't wait for everybody. And that's how I've kind of felt about fans. But to me, it's just why there is so much on the line. The gain from having 20% capacity, to me, does not even come close to making up for the potential downside in some freaks that something happens, right? That some outbreak gets traced back to your stadium. I don't even know. Whatever. That I I just, I don't see the upside either. Now, again, it's not my, I'm not the one writing the check, the refund check, so I get that. And I did see, did you see that thing that went around this weekend the season ticket holder box that Raiders fans got. It looked incredible. Like the, this big old shoe box, basically you open it up. It's the roof comes off the stadium. The, 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 the Raiders song starts playing. I mean, did you see that thing? It was badass. <laughs> there, there, there is no argument. The Raider stuff going on in Vegas is fucking sweet, right? The, the pictures of the stadium. The, I, it, was it Vic that tweeted that out or just something get retweeted? You're right. They played the song. The, the the autumn went. It was cool. I think it's the stadium. I, it, it looks sweet. It it does look cool. But like they clearly, I, I think Vegas would have allowed them to have a percentage if other teams are right. If any state's going to do it, it's going to be Nevada. Like if Texas and Kansas City 
and some of these Midwestern states where I just get back to one thing the league has – they like everything to be equal. Right. It's why they're big on the no cheating stuff with Belichick and because so much of football is there's a militaristic element to like hiding plays and, and noise and just different things that they're just a deflating balls. Like all this shit does matter a lot. Like who was getting the ball at the end of the game for the Mavericks? Like you fucking know who's getting the ball. Who, who's going to run the last play for run the last play for? You have no clue. And that's why I think in football, you got to keep everything the same for everybody. And it's, it's one of the biggest things football has hung its hat on, right? Every team has money. No one can ever pretend to be the Tampa Bay Rays. And no one even does. It's like, you know, the, you see how much money the Bengals spent this offseason? Like, you don't have money. teams scrambling to reach the salary floor like baseball. You don't have teams tanking like the NBA. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like the league, and again, there are probably financial reasons that I don't pretend to know. Uh, and I do well, know it might be, it that just makes is the, the reason. Bigger, right? The guys who can't do it aren't going to try to stop somebody else from doing it. Like maybe, yeah. maybe your head of football operations doesn't want it, but is your owner like, wait, so does this make our pot bigger for everybody or no? How does that work? I, see, I don't think it sales, does. You I keep it for yourself, right? So maybe keep, not. Uh, I, I think you split it. <clears throat> you know, you, you get like sixty-five, thirty-five, or something like that. Remember, they they do a lot of stuff like that, so it would still be some money in the team's pocket. It's where it does get complicated. It, it, I'll be the first to admit, it's a complicated situation. Right, but this whole I thing is complicated. You're saying, let's take one thing you can simplify and simplify it. Yeah, I just avoid it. It's a good argument. I, I would just now. I do think it would be pretty cool. Like, if I was a season ticket holder in Kansas City and it was 22, percent I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll go. I don't have to sit there around. A well, bunch it's of like barrier traffic. All of a sudden, it's like <laughs> this is. I can get anywhere in 20 minutes. This it'd is be incredible. a no-brainer. I, I bet that'd be a really, really. It'd be a legendary experience for those. Right, you'd be you know, like, I, I paid seven thousand people. Uh, all my tickets basically cost twice as much because I only got to ha- go to half as many games or a third as many games. But it's kind of a unique experience. I don't realize how are they going to divvy that up. Is it just a lottery? Well, I Between you know, there's an, I don't know. It's a good question. There's enough games right that you could give everybody a shot if you're getting twenty two percent. Yeah, everybody gets so two games. Might like out. everyone gets two games, right? And you just pay for your two games. Yeah. I don't know. Is there food service? Because that'd be a, game, a deal breaker for me if there's no food service. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of it. You just have to open up, instead of opening up every single right uh, concession stand, you only have to open up 20% five total. Yeah. Right. Be incredible. It's, Lines, bathrooms, no problem. <laughs> yes. I can't go. It's like being at home and at the stadium. It'd be the only way to ever go to a game again. I don't think <laughs> I you could go back to a situation <laughs> like this. Is, this is awesome. John, let's tell the people about Manscaped. Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code HAM. Get you 20% off. Get you free shipping. And get you into the HAM Manscaped Club, which we're a part of. Yep, guy. I, the Lawnmower 3.0 is my personal favorite. La, manscaped.com promo code ham it's the easiest thing in the world to uh to use we've had many people use it and they love reaching out and showing us that they use their uh their they got their ball trimmer uh, i think i put mine back in the bathroom i can't oh no got it oh, right here to this <laughs> ceramic blade with skin Can you guys hear that technology a little closer it's the mans manscape 3.0 waterproof has an led light game changer no nicks no snags no sticks no stabs <laughs> <laughs> manscaped.com promo code ham lawnmower 3.0 i use a carry-on uh little toiletry bag that i take everywhere whenever i travel like an nba player uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's the only thing I hold. This is what I travel with. Just my toiletry bag. It says Manscaped. It's AirPods sweet. AirPods and what, a Manscaped. <laughs> that's Phone what they delivered to me. Uh, check it out. You get 20% off. Free shipping. Code HAM. Manscaped. Code HAM. Manscaped.com. Code HAM. 20% off. Uh, with free shipping. Yep. Code HAM. Change the game. Playing with your balls. The best part of your day. Plus, Thanks, you get the uh, perfect package 3.0 with the new and improved lawnmower. The performance boxer briefs. The travel bag. Uh, and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. One is a little toning, soothing, with some hazel, witch hazel and some aloe. The other one, the Preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant. So oh. you get it all for a limited time. Subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the travel bag, plus the anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs, 20% off free shipping, Code Ham. Who sells like us? Nobody. Code Ham, Manscaped.com. Do it. Give your testes the absolute besties. I like testicle the besticles for your testicles better, but that works. I, too. I agree. I agree. Uh, what else we got? Oh, you can't even keep track of all of Earl Thomas's transgressions. Remember when we was this guy not a locker room leader in Seattle, or he was and fell off the wagon, or just Pete covered it up, or what happened? I don't know, man. Pandemic's I, I, been the, so long, no one's even uh, talking about the fact that his wife pulled a gun on him in bed during a threesome or a foursome. Oh, I don't even remember. Guy with his brother. <laughs> what? He, they were running a train with his brother and his wife. I, I completely forgot about that. That's what I'm saying. And remember, the Ravens were pissed off, right? Didn't he Didn't he do something well, he didn't it tell him? it happened like a couple months prior, right? But he didn't yeah. tell him about it. Earl Thomas, to me, has... It's a little different, but he's got a T.O. vibe to him right now. Now, the difference is T.O. kept playing well as he aged and weird shit happened. But this guy, man, starts with him flipping Pete off, which I, I think, whether you agreed or not, like they just didn't, they weren't going to resign him. But they also weren't going to trade him. They just played it out. Like, that's welcome to the NFL. Guys play on their last year of their contract. Broke his leg, flipped him off. He made $22 million, guy. $22 million playing 16 games. $22 million. 22. And now he just got cut. Conduct detrimental to the team. He posted the play that had happened. It's like, bro, I, I saw him freaking out, and people were like, wait, he just stormed out of practice? Aren't Isn't practice to figure out blown coverages? Like, this, this isn't the, the, the end of the Super Bowl here. Like, you guys, this is training camp. Like, blown coverage. How many blown coverages, honestly, in a typical training camp practice? Three or four? Like, it's... People fuck up. Like it's practice, guy. As Allen Ivers is, why is he then fighting a teammate? I'd never heard of the guy, Clark. Clearly, the Ravens. One thing I read is that like the management or the leadership council went to Harbaugh and were like, "Yeah, get rid of him." It's like clearly he didn't have a lot of people in his corner on that squad. And the last time, the one thing he'd say about the Ravens the last couple years, feel like a pretty high level operation going right now, right? Just kind of fun, loving with Lamar, but also just. Pretty focused and serious. You couldn't fit. You couldn't I mean, fit right in there. Now, would you argue if you said the last 15, 20 years, who were the highest level operations of the NFL? You'd say them. They've definitely been one. And before he left Seattle, if you had uh, said uh, you'd who were the now, you'd, you'd say the Patriots. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm you know, <laughs> yeah. but they'd be a top five or six. They'd be a conversation for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, as a one high placed NFL media source called to tell me the other day, we we're talking about something else. He's like, oh, by the way. Tell Middlecoff, I loved his Joe Judge take. How do people not learn that it doesn't work? 
to try and be Bill or like make coaches run. Like the, this over discipline thing doesn't work. I, I said, can I say your name on the podcast? He said, no, but just tell him it'll cough. So I didn't know you and Adam Schefter were talking on the phone like that. Yeah, it was me. It was a three way me, Schefter, Polian. <laughs> that's a good time. That's a good conversation. <laughs> so the, I don't. The, the other thing crossed my mind today. And I would have said this is stupid like five years ago, but we did see it with Terrell Owens. This type of shit does hurt your candidacy for the Hall of Fame, right? Because you'd say his first five or six years in Seattle, their best defensive player, team captain, highest drafted guy of the group, Pro Bowls, All Pros, winning championships. And now it feels like people can't stand him. I even saw Richard Sherman tweeted like, he's my guy. I don't know what transpired. I've seen a lot of like, Charles Woodson quoted it like, am I missing something here? This, they got cut off. This, what, what the fuck is going on? Well, and so, I think it's pretty clear that behind the scenes, it's pretty ugly. That, like this team and the players don't like the guy. Somebody had written, somebody write or tweet. We've done a lot of this today. Like somebody said, just trust us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that he'd, like, he'd been late to some practices last year or some meetings or missed meetings and late to practice, whatever the combination was. But he had not been a model. I, and I, I saw... There was a report that it's going to be 25 million dead cap. I, I know it's all going to hit their. A lot of it's going to hit their dead cap next year. It's going to cost them a lot of money. Jesus, to cut them uh, or trade them or whatever they end up doing. But I did like yeah, I first just, response is all. This happens all the time. It's like this guy's on his way out. Are the Cowboys interested? It seems like it's 90 percent <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah, I saw immediately. Like it, it sure feels like Cowboys be the leader in the clubhouse. Cowboys the leader in the clubhouse. To me, this is a situation where it's not like, you know, uh, James Harden just became available, right? She's like, oh, it's probably, uh, you know, uh, Michael Thomas hit the streets. This is not one of those, like, just put in a waiver claim. I, I think you need to have a meeting, right? You need to have anyone on your coaching staff. Do you, have you worked with anyone with the Ravens? If I'm Jerry, if I'm any team, I need to call. I, hell, if I'm Jerry, I just call. Eric DaCosta or John Harbaugh, and I asked, like, what the fuck just happened? And maybe if I have a relationship with them. Like, this is not, you agree, not some no, because I saw should the Niners be interested. No. You know, Sala worked with them, Richards' this guy. I'm just, I'm, you just no. paid Jimmy Warren. I mean, but what if you get, you know, him for cheap and Richards' this guy? Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, his guy, well, Dwayne Wade was LeBron's guy and he quit on the team in Cleveland. So it's just, there is something to be said. But that was Cleveland. I mean, this is... But yeah, no, you're right. I know, but what what do the Niners mean to Earl Thomas? He was yeah, just on the true. Ravens, who were the best team in the league, and he just started beating a guy up for one play in a practice. Like, I just... Guy, throwing your helmet for one play in a practice isn't even that weird. I just don't understand why it's such a... Like, that's... That'd be like fighting over someone eating the last chip. It's not really about the last chip. It's... You guys don't have a great marriage, right? It's like, th- yeah. he fought him... Clearly, Earl hates everyone on that team, and those guys don't like him that much. And this guy, listen, I don't follow the Ravens that closely beside like their star players. I don't know much about this Clark character, the guy that he allegedly beat up or fought or whatever. Punched, yeah. Clearly, the team sided with that guy over Earl Thomas, right? Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I, whenever John Harbaugh talks in the next couple days, there's going to be some questions like, what happened? This doesn't. Why did you cut him over that play? They didn't just cut him. I mean, they sent him home immediately. They tweeted the, contact detrimental. <laughs> to me, or the so, whatever tweet they call was it. like, yeah. yeah, but that, I mean, that tweet is like, 
we don't plan on paying this motherfucker, <laughs> right? <laughs> Correct. And that's not something a team likes to use too often, right? Because I'm sure Earl Thomas doesn't just have Haberman and Middlecoff as his agent. I would imagine Earl Thomas's agent's got some clients. So you want to work with that guy, and that guy's going to have to come after you. Now, maybe this is, maybe the agent would be like, that's just part of the business. Right. Like, and it probably like, gets like, <laughs> I mean, how can you, you can defend him <clears throat> like in a grievance hearing, but you can also understand like this is, like this guy put himself <laughs> in this position. How many guys yeah. do the Ravens? Kick, how many guys kicked off the Ravens? Guy, how many guys just get kicked off the teams that are that are making that much money that is a starting player on something like this? I'd say it's pretty rare. I completely forgot about the orgy with the brother. They had been. What, what's your guy Cedric say? I wish a motherfucker That's, would. What? Yeah, I feel like they've been waiting the Ravens, for yeah. Thomas. Like I, the Ravens hoping this motherfucker, motherfucker would, do would be in my seat. Is it? Do you think there's a chance when he went after the player that John Harbaugh was like, "Thank you, Jesus, we can get rid of this guy." Yeah, maybe because I guess contract detrimental to the team. That, so you're saying that they only the dead cap does not change. You cut him, you cut him. Now they just might not have to pay him the tangible ten million dollars. Yeah. But the dead cap, you don't get off the dead cap. Uh, no, contract, I, no, contract detrimental. So. And it, but it doesn't hit this That's, year. It hits next year. Not ideal. No. With a uh, ca- with a cap diminishing too, right? Exactly. That was a miss, John. Uh, quick check of Joey Bart's stats. He's hitting three seventy five. He's got a five forty five on base. He's got a seven fifty slugging. He's uh, he's now when you, those numbers sound great. He's three for eight. <laughs> he's got three doubles. John, he's got nothing but doubles. Yeah, he's played two games. Hit the ball hard. Hit the ball off the wall. Pinch hit. The ball he hit down the line the first night was pretty sweet. Rocket. Made a sweet catch does, on Sunday. Doesn't look like a great athlete, but he's not a bad athlete. Good batting right? stance. Not, no. Clearly. I, what's his, is he 41? Is that his number? 21. I love 21. the number. 21. To me, Steven Vogt's yeah, number. It, Jeff Kent's number. Okay, I just, I don't know. Something about the number is just a little weird Well, to 21's me, a very number imbalanced a, number. I'm with you. Yeah, it's just I don't love the flow on the back. I agree. But the Giants, but, I, I mean, they're, because their numbers are so big, some of their numbers look really funky on the back of a jersey. Okay, maybe that's like 28 it. looks balanced, right, Buster? Do you, can you explain to me what the reason that they waited? People were tweeting at me, Super 2 eligibility. So you're basically just not allowing him to hit arbitration a year earlier if he would have started Well, see, that's not – he Giants. might be a – like Buster was a Super 2 guy – you can hit eligibility after uh, you can hit arbitration after three years instead of after four years. Now they did save a year of whatever free agency, um, but which is outrageous. But super, I mean, think, not the Giants, but just the rule. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't blame them. Everybody does it, and in their like in their, I their explanation is like, look, we we didn't have. It's not like he's been playing a full minor league season. Like we do need to just kind of make sure he's big. He's coming up to catch. He's not coming up to play left field. I was like, okay, that's that's okay. That's that's legit on a percentage. So you don't really know when you bring the guy up of percent. games or how how much you produce. It's a percentage of service time. I think you look at players who've been in the league two or three years, and then the top. 20% of those guys are Super 2 eligible. I'd, I'd say that you have three hits, you have three doubles. I guess two doubles and a single as of recording this. But regardless, I mean, multiple doubles. It's, it's, Did I shortchange him? Maybe his stats didn't update today. I, I, I just think, guy, that I, I, 
I get it, the Super 2, and I understand business. I don't try to be ignorant, naive media guy about, like, you just got to do it. Like, business comes first. But, like, are the Giants really pinching pennies over a guy that's clearly immediately their best player? Yeah, see, I, but that's what I'm saying is I don't know that they actually saved the Super 2 money. They might. Because Buster was a Super 2 guy. And he got paid, you're saying? Yeah, I, Buster hit – Buster qualified and – Got arbitration a year was eligible for arbitration a year early. I think Bart. That's why they looked at it. It made sense to pay him that they were gonna. It was gonna get outrageous so fast. Like Aaron Judge right now makes six hundred thousand dollars. Now that's baseball's got an economic issue with some of these younger guys. It's gotta come to a head, right? <laughs> There's gonna be a strike, and this this issue's gonna it's gonna get sorted out here in about twelve months when these players fucking strike, right? Because it's well, I don't know if it'll get sorted out, but I, I yeah, I don't know because they just might not play, but I, I would imagine. There will not be a new CBA with six years of service time. Do you agree with that? I think like it's they bad. will not agree. I, to I that. think it's better for baseball. What, like because to me, they should actually have their, they should be aligned here. In their motivations, you you can pay less money for a guy who's only accumulated four years of production, not eight when he hits free agency, right? Totally. Like and part of why Scherzer's three hundred million dollars. Yeah. He's won multiple Cy Youngs or Verlander. Like, if, if you only have one Cy Young, I don't need to give you $400 million. And there's more likely you, you're going to be in your prime throughout the rest of the contract. Completely agree. Did you see the story that, I, I don't know why I followed this guy, but I was just kind of fascinated by a story. I followed Holly Saunders for a long period of time. She's dating now Vegas Dave. Yeah. Uh, they're not David married? They're engaged? I think they're engaged. Okay. I only know about him because of her, but... Yeah, I, I I knew about I'd heard his name. Remember, he got in trouble and like avoided some jail time. But he, I remember hearing Gary V talk about this. Like he thought the card game was like the uh, some sneaky hustle, and he, he was talking more like buy a card for hundred dollars, flip it for like eight hundred dollars. He wasn't even talking like millions of dollars. Card, and because uh, I missed this the first time. You're saying card with a D, like I'm trading saying card, cards. Yeah, trading cards, sports trading cards, and it feels like in baseball they're the most valuable, right? For whatever yeah, reason, just, I think the happened. longest history of being valuable. He bought a card, Mike Trout rookie card, signed for a million dollars, and I think people thought he was kind of crazy. I would. He just sold it. I would have too. And I don't get this market. I don't pretend to, but I'll be the first to acknowledge. Like you can't really just the numbers are the numbers. He just sold it for almost four million dollars. Now my takeaway is not as much the transaction. Like props to him. I'm not going to hate on him for doing that when people just naturally hate on this guy. Say, I think one of the knocks, I just, I've DM'd with people that are in the gambling, you know, sphere in, in Vegas. And I think the knock on him is he's a con man because he sells his picks. Having followed him on Instagram to get his access to his picks guy, yeah. it's like for a day, it can cost you like $700. <laughs> so he's making millions of dollars. I mean, he's, he's raking in the cash. Now, he claims he's always winning. He's had these whale picks. And now I remember last year, it was like, Whale pick. And the pick was like the Ravens versus the Browns. It's like, you can't do, whale picks can't be like a 14 Why not? All the money's green, the John. Team. No, I know. But my point is, I don't, I don't pretend to know this guy. I just know him from Instagram and Holly. I, I, I don't have a set opinion on him. Because I don't think he might be as fraudulent as some think. Because clearly, like this move, he bought this card for a million dollars. And if you just would have told me, this guy just bought a card for a million dollars a month or two ago, I'd have been like, that's, Ass, that's insanity. I don't care if you're worth Bezos money. Like that's crazy. What, what are you doing? Unless you just want, unless that's your kid and you money didn't mean you were going to keep it, but he had bought to flip it. 
He flipped it for almost $4 million. Like, I, I don't get the guy that bought it. I don't either. I, I collected cards as a kid. I've got boxes of cards in, like, my parents' garage or extra bedroom. I don't even know where it is. It makes no sense to me. I didn't know people were still collecting cards at this level. Um, but this they are. Level, $4 million level? Yeah. I've, it went for more than Honus Wagner. It went for more than Mickey Mantle. I, I think it set, it set a record. It's the highest crazy. price like, ever. At least Honus was... Well, you're gonna flip it. You're gonna flip the trout in a hundred years. Like I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but like the person who bought it, are they buying it because they think in five years it's gonna be worth six million dollars or eight million dollars or in ten years, right? I think they're either doing that slash they're just a super rich collector and it's a passion it's project. It's Keith Olbermann. W- yeah, Keith Olbermann with Bezos money, <laughs> right? Olbermann has like all the baseballs from like ba- you know Babe Ruth baseballs and. Mark McGuire. Four million dollars for one card guy is pretty it's crazy. Insane. Anyone who's ever owned cards, cards, knowing you knows you have them. When you're a kid, you can show them to all the other kids. But what do you do when you're adult? How many adult friends do you have coming over? Like, oh, I got to see that trout card. No one even watches trout. You can watch them. Like if you told me Honus Wagner's back from the dead for a game, people, baseball people would watch that. But scammer or not, that's a hell of a business move. Like that's. To to make to turn one million dollars into four in in like a month. Oh, it a was a months. month. I didn't real. I thought yeah, you'd been squatting he, he, he on. He bought it this year. He, he bought it. In How was that? Why would that card get that much more valuable in three months? I he, he like knew it. I I thought you were saying like he bought the card. Did he buy it from somebody who was bankrupt who needed the cash? Somebody is this his is this his thing? Like he he he. You lose a bunch of bets to him, and then you can't pay him, and then he buys up your baseball cards for pennies on the dollar. That'd be a good scam. Yeah, guy, he bought it in May. He bought it in May. What do you feel like if you're the guy that sold it for a million? I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't get the industry. I don't get the uh, just the thought process of buying one of these. I don't understand it. It makes zero sense to I me. Don't it makes none. I could I could if we could sit down, I could make a list of five thousand things you could spend that four million dollars on that are better than a baseball card. And I loved cards and loved base. I mean, I literally almost anything that costs four million dollars is is a cooler thing to buy. But again, if you I'm, flip it in, in a year for eight million, then I'm the idiot. I'm going to say this: Mike, quick Mike Trout take. I watched him last week playing the Giants. What do you watched think? Him a little bit playing the A's. Got a chance? Well, I listen. He is. I used to think it was stupid. You know, this is like a 1995 argument. Can a guy on a shitty team win MVPs? He clearly, you just need to watch him a couple days. He doesn't even need to do much. Clearly the best player in baseball. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not even a conversation. It ain't Mookie. I love Mookie, but it's not Mookie. Yeah, I mean, Mike's on a completely different level. It does, though. He's going to go down. His career, he's not going to win very much, right? Their team sucks right now. They just, I just, as we were recording this, I looked up. The A's just walked him off. Their team stinks. Yep. It, it would be the equivalent of, like, instead of Patrick Mahomes had gone to Andy Reid... He had become Patrick Mahomes. I guess it'd be impossible in football, right? It's you couldn't be an MVP the player for this to happen. In, yeah, yeah, but it it does suck. This guy's going to go down as arguably one of, if not the greatest baseball players ever, and he's going to be on a shitty team the majority of his career. It it feels like they're definitely not going to make the playoffs for a couple of years. They got all these. They keep get drafting all or signing all these hitters. They can't pitch at all. Their pitching stinks. I mean, it always stinks, but it really stinks. It's it's just. I remember crazy. last year, yeah, two right. years it, ago, it, they set a record for the most pitchers used in a season. 
Well, like if Mike Trout was a quarterback and the Angels were a football team, they would not be bad, right? No. He'd just be too good. They'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. It's not – It's you can't comp- – if Mike Trout was a basketball player, he'd be LeBron but, James. Your team would be good. Yeah, I mean, he's just too good to, like, you know, have five – like if Mike Trout and the Angels make the playoffs for five years in a row, Mike Trout's not going to be like a career 225 playoff hitter, right? He's just too good to not have playoff moments that are just incredible. But there is a chance that he only makes the playoffs two times in 10 years and yeah, they, they I mean, only play three or four crazy. games and his average looks shitty, right? Just because he has a bad yeah, series. Yeah, average. I'm just saying, just look back and go, this guy played in seven playoff games? This is insane. Right, it kind of feels like where we're headed, though, guy. At least his, at least he can always say, well, my baseball card sold for $4 million. Hey, uh, shout out to, was it Carter that sent us a photo that he went to um, Pink Onion Pizza Pink. and bought the ham pod? Uh... I think so, yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Carter for going to Pink Onion and getting the ham pod. Go see our boy Matt. Did you go to pizza yesterday? I went to another pizza place yesterday, Gioia, uh, in uh, Hayes Valley. There's one in Berkeley. Fantastic. Very good. What'd you get? We got a um, uh, <laughs> a zucchini with lemon zest. Um, uh, what's that cheese? The soft cheese. One of the soft cheeses. Ricotta? Uh, yeah. Uh, was it a ricotta? Yes. A lemon zest ricotta? Ricotta? Yeah. That, that plus some meatballs plus a really good salad. Very good. Very good crust. Yeah. To me, the best part about the meatballs, you always get some extra juice and you can kind of dip a piece oh, in there, especially God. the crust. Yes. I, I never understand the pizza eater. That, and we all know them, over, especially when you're younger, like in college, that like just leaves the crust like laying on his plate. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't eat the crust? Well, I, I've got to like, save room for more pizza. No, no, no. You just eat the crust, and then there will just will be all that other pizza still there. It didn't go yeah, anywhere. Well, I, I never understood don't eat the crust guy. And I've Ooh. tried to do it. Like, try to be healthy. It's just, I can't look at it and not just, eat it. Just have your, like, if you're going to have pizza, enjoy your pizza. You know? Yeah. Do you understand non-crust guy? Like, did you ever have a take on that guy? Like, what? what I mean, he, I guess if he... the crust is bad, or maybe he's got a, a a jaw condition where the chewing hurts. I don't know. Just love yeah. sauce. Is do you? See, like to me, is is no pizza crust guy the same as no sandwich crust guy? Because I at uh, least no, can you, understand no sandwich. Yeah, crust Yeah, sometimes guy. the sandwich crust ta- tastes a little weird. Like to me, I'd never have the crust and like don't enjoy it, especially right? if it's like a PB and J. But if you get a real sandwich where the stuff is coming out of the sides, then you just you eat the crust on yeah. that too. But pizza crust to me, just, especially too, if you get if you start doing like the portnoy, the side bite. Where you can also get the uh, get a little crust, yeah. you know, some of the flavor and, and like the juice. And I the, think he uh, does it right. He goes in the regular sauce. bite and then side bite, right? Which to me yeah. is is key. Well, if I get a huge piece of pizza, I always I go I kind of put you it do in a half fold, and eat which it that way. is sometimes tastes delicious. It's a huge great, but then it's over too soon. I do it too. Yeah, if it's it's too big too and it's hot and oily, but yeah, you know, we're pro pizza, and that means love the whole pizza. You know, we love the whole. Pizza. I'd say the I'd say the only kind of skinny douchey move I do sometimes with pizza if I open it up definitely if I do like I, do you, I like Newman's pizza do you do the dab wait what's Newman's pizza I, I, uh, it's just you know like a frozen pizza it's the only frozen oh. pizza I'll like, get at the store Newman's pizza it's not bad Never I think it goes to charity too I do the dab oh, so oh if like it's, the new, yeah, yeah, if yeah, it's okay. really oil yeah Newman's you know yeah. it's like you see yep. them in the, in the Safeways or wherever I, I just I do a couple dabs it's understandable I, I've done it too you know on a lower quality it's not, pizza I'm not sometimes. like anti-oil. Yeah, I'm not anti the oil. It's just sometimes the oils are a little too much. You just, you know, you're like, I'm just helping myself out a little. Yeah. But but I never, I'm never not eat the crust guy. Like, it's just, I don't respect that guy. Well, to me, the yeah. only way I would not do it is if the crust, is, if there's something bad about it, if it's not. I, I, I look at the don't eat crust guy like 
someone that doesn't have a quarterback under center in their offense. Like I just, I don't have anything in common with you. Like I don't. We fundamentally look at it completely. Different. You know what I love about the crust? It's still tasty, but it also builds the anticipation for the next slice. Agree. And the more, because I could just eat it too fast. Otherwise, the more crust you eat, the more possibility. Maybe there's an extra slice left over for tomorrow. You fill up a little faster. You know. Very true. So uh, all this is to say, I don't think I have a DM uh, restaurant DM. Yeah, just got a pink onion support. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, DM us restaurants. We're still doing that. I know people ask us sometimes, are you still doing it? Yeah, send us a place you love, a place you want to support. I went to um, Golden Gate Deli on Saturday. Really good. Sandwiches, fantastic. You walk in, you may not even know there's sandwiches in there, but they're in there, and they are phenomenal. You had sandwich and pizza? Uh, Pizza was Friday. Sandwich was yesterday. Yeah. That's a solid solid weekend. Today's salmon. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Well, you know, you, you got to... Taxes gotta, come due, John. The taxes come yeah. due. <laughs> that they do. Godspeed. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.